Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End. Uh, it is it's the day after the good beginning to the year. But will it be a good beginning to the year for Watford as they travel to Norwich? Uh, many of you, I've seen it, didn't choose to do so uh, on social media just because, well, it hasn't been particularly pretty at the moment. But one man has. That man is Colin Mace. Good morning, Colin. Good morning, John. <laughs> He's caught on the train. Uh, and uh, well, we're, we're going to talk to you before and after the game. But Colin, at the moment, you know, we've seen two dire performances. But they're performances that we can sort of link to something very specific, as in we have too many injuries. Uh, and, and it's one of those things that makes lots of what fans annoyed. It makes many angry not many angry several angry where are you, where are you at at the moment of as a, as a Watford fan after the results but also after all the injuries oh John I mean it's a beautiful sunny morning I'm on a train from King's Cross going to Ely and then changing and going up into into Suff- through Suffolk into Norfolk I mean you know it's it's uh it's nice to be going on an away trip but it does slightly have the sniff of a hanging about it I would say um <laughs> The problem is, uh, as you quite rightly pointed out, and you know, we could quickly list some of the players that we are missing. You know, we have no midfielders. That that is, you know, we I even forgot that Loser was out, Pedro's out, Chowdhury's out, Kmbe's out, Gosling's out. You know, all the players that we would expect, all of those are starters or potential starters, and they're all not there. It's come to the point where we're having to, partly because of Kamara's idiocy, we've had to play Jeremy and as a as a wing back against Sunderland yeah. on the wrong side of the pitch. The only people he had fit were three central uh, defenders, so he had to change the system. Gaspar is a right wing back. Not sure that, that the jury's a bit out on him uh, for me. And also, well, he's been given a guilty verdict. By, I was about to say, yeah, the, the jury aren't there. out. I think they've, they've given their, their verdict many months ago, yeah. So then you've got Bakuna's come in and he's got to sit in front of a back three. And I mean, it's just, a, it's chaos. It's chaos. It's very hard to pick a team that you think can win a game. And I feel the same way. Today, particularly as Tom Deli Bashiru had come back from injury and he he was looking like he was someone reasonably solid in that midfield. I've always thought that there was a player in there. Mm. He hasn't had long enough run really to to show us. He hasn't like played 40, 50 games, you know, consecutively to show us how good he is. But I think that he is a good player and that there is a good player in there. But he's picked up another injury. And it's you know, it's 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 unlucky because most of them are impact injuries, not fatigue injury so you can't really look at training and go well there's something wrong with the training they've all got hamstring injuries why they all got hamstring injuries then what can you say when you get that many injuries to one area of the squad it makes life very difficult for the coach and the coaching staff and you can blame recruitment if you want and say well we should have been prepared you can't be prepared for having seven midfielders out you can't my feeling i'm a bit battle weary i would say this season Uh, you know we we lost i went to the millwall game with lily where they hammered us three nil by half time and loser picked up that freak injury. And then after that, we won five out of eight and a couple of draws. I thought, okay, well, he's bounced, we bounce back. Then the World Cup comes. Probably, I thought at the time, the right time, because we'd get more players back. But as it turned out, I think it came at the wrong time because not only have we lost more players and not got players back, we've actually lost the first couple of games. So uh, Millwall bullied us. Swansea just tore us to pieces in the, in the last 15 minutes. And I, to be honest with you, I'm not normally quite positive, but I, I feel like Norwich, who are, let's face it, have their own issues at the moment. They just sat their manager despite being in ninth, having not won, I think, in very many games in the last 10. So they've got their problems, but I feel Norwich at home against such a depleted Watford side, 
I feel that we're lambs to slaughter, really. Yeah, it, it, it's got that vibe about it, hasn't it? And, you know, we didn't really talk about it on, on the, I think, the post-Swansea podcast. We were ups, upset. Out. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> One of the major points for me, the changing moments, was actually the Craig Cathcart substitution. Almost like you said, it was the last 15 minutes where they really started to tear us apart and scored all their goals. And maybe if Craig was around, you know, especially a, a steady head, a, a you know, he's paid so many, 250 was it, his appearance the other day yeah. for the club. That experience is, is vital to keep into any side where we lack a huge amount of it, or any other experience. It did seem all, but also we were 1-0 down and he felt that he had to go to a back four yeah. and try and get an extra player up the pitch to help us maybe equalise, but it backfired horribly. Yeah. I, I don't think he'll make the same... I don't. Think, I mean, without Tom Deli Bashiri, he is really now struggling for central midfielders. So I suspect Cathcart might play it right back today and, mm. and uh, uh, poor old Ngakia might have to come and play it left back uh, without Sema. That's another player who's out we haven't mentioned. Uh, so, you know, you, you've got eight, something like eight midfielders. So I don't know what, what the team's going to look like, but it's going to be young. It's going to be experienced. He might bring in, um, he might keep Ngakia at right back and bring in, is he, what's he called? The, the young lad, Morris. Uh, so we might see him get a start. We saw him, we've seen him, we've seen glimpses of him. He doesn't look terrible, does he? So at least he's actually a left back. Always but better, he I was, think. but on the, the, the fourth goal, it was sort of his fault on uh, okay. Swansea. He was out of place. But again, a steady head of Craig Cathcart might have yeah. been the thing to sort of maybe sort him out. He was just out of position. He missed his runner. But right. that's experience. And, and you know, that, that's what you're going to expect by th- not throwing him on, but he, he put him on into chaos. Yeah, that's and, probably and you, a mistake. And you hope maybe if he starts today that the, the Watford aren't in chaos, but it's when you're behind... <laughs> I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the, the put the team together will be chaos. But if you know your team, you know how you're going to play, you know the men around you, you know their limitations, you know their strengths. If you know those things, then it's not the chaos of being behind, chasing a game no. and another person going off injured. So maybe, maybe that's the thing. And You know, the thing about the championship is it's so volatile that if, yeah. if you do get five, four or five players back by the end of January, you've got these two new boys coming in, you get a couple more in mid-February. You can go on a run. I remember in 99, you know, we won six of the last seven and got into the playoffs when we weren't expected to get there. And then, we, we, you know, we went up through the playoffs famously against Bolton. And, you know, this is, this is what this league is like. You can have a team that's currently 13th. They could finish fourth because you just have to get the chemistry right. And I think Bilic, I still believe in Bilic. I think he's experienced. I think he's the right man, particularly in the situation we're in at the moment because he's not he's experienced enough to think I'm not going to panic I'm going to make sure I get a team out I'm going to prep them properly they may not be able to cope with a Norwich side at home but nevertheless damage limitations and uh, they'll get you know some some of the squad players will get some minutes and then when the players start to come back maybe we can start to put a run together let's not forget after that Millwall game which was a disaster we did win five out of eight with two and two draws. I think that's correct. Uh, someone will pick me up if it's not, but something like that. We're on a decent run, so yeah. seventeen points or so. So that can happen when you get your when you've got your best players available and you can you can start to you know to get into that winning mentality, that rhythm. And uh, but at the moment, I think it's all about damage limitations. If we could nick a point today, we'd all be happy with that. I'm sure a nil all draw, a one all draw, just to get another point on the board, not take another spanking. 
and then uh, yeah, and then build from there. Hopefully, everybody's sort of linking it back. You know, we we're all sort of at this point, sort of saying the top two is is not gone, but you know, it's going to be very hard to to get past them. And and we keep looking back at those different promotion seasons where we went through the playoffs. And it's interesting you say ninety nine, but because that was the the last that those last games were so important to get us in there and to keep the momentum because two thousand and six that wasn't quite the same we were a bit hit and miss and hit and miss but we did have one massive stretch of a win didn't we I think we had six in January and February time that got us into those playoffs and and that's really what I think I I do think that's how we're going to get up if we're going to get up and I think we've definitely got a team that that can do that do you think we've got more of a spirit of 99 or do you think we've got more of a spirit of 06 or completely different again (laughs) I think we, we've got us. I mean, we look a little bit uh, browbeaten at the moment. Yeah. I, I don't think there's much cohesiveness amongst the players that are available. So that it's very difficult to tell. There are some good players at the club, some very good players at the club, currently not available. And we've got some very experienced heads. So it's just about uh, blending, getting, just having more players available. And it's very difficult for a coaching staff when you look over and you've got almost a starting 11 sitting in the injury room. That's, that's pretty hard to take. Um, I would say this, though, and I don't want to be a doom monger, but I do think that getting promoted this season could be very important because if you look at the Premier League currently, uh, four of the bottom five are Wolves, um, West Ham, Everton and Southampton. Southampton yeah. So, yeah, so if you and obviously Forest is not as big a club as those four. I don't know when Southampton was last in the championship, but it's it's a couple of decades ago, I think. No, not that long. Yeah. Is it not that long? No, no, no I oh, they... maybe fifteen years at the most. Okay, well that's a lot. That's a reasonable. Someone time, look it up. And, and <laughs> Everton haven't been relegated since nineteen fifty-seven. Wolves are, you know, are a big club with a big, big following. You're going to have a couple of big beasts in the championship that's next true. season, and, and we don't want to, we don't want to be part of that. I don't think. No, we don't. Well, let's see how, what happens today. One thing, Colin, we 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 want some input from the listeners on this. Um, with our away day podcast, there isn't one for today. Christmas caught up on us and all the rest of it. But hey, well, there's, there's other podcasts you can listen to. We were talking about doing a top 10 cult heroes for Watford. And yeah. it is something we've talked about before. Coming up with 10 players that, that define... I don't know, you love in a weird way. I think that's what a, a massive... I'd give one line for what a cult hero is. It's someone you love in a, in a weird way. What is a, a cult hero to exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah, I think, I think that you've summed it up perfectly. I think they have to have some people that don't love them. I think that's why they're a cult hero rather than a mainstream hero. Not, they can't be mainstream. So everyone loves Luther, right? So he can't yeah, be a cult no. hero because everyone loves him. And he's a hero. No, he's like Superman. He pulls off his Watford shirt and there's a big S on, you know, on his chest. <laughs> but the cult hero is someone that some people go, well, why do you like him so much? Like when Holobas came to the club and he's probably my most recent number one, loved him to pieces, Holobas for president, cult hero. And there were a whole swathes of the rookery. Couldn't stand the bloke, partly because of the tweets, partly because he was so angry and irascible. And yet, to me and to lots of other people like me, Holobas was a, a kind of cult figure, an anti-hero, if you like, but more of a cult hero because he gave 100%. And I think that's one of the other attributes of a cult hero. They might not be brilliant. They might not love the fans. They might not connect with the fans in the way that a hero does, but they always give 110% every time they step on a football pitch. They give everything. And uh, and Holobas certainly, for me, fits absolutely perfectly into that slot. Because uh, as, as his song went, he always wins the ball. He never smiles at all. The other one I can think of from my youth was Barry Endine, 
again, because lots of people thought he was rubbish, but he scored some key goals. There was just something about his hustle and bustle, about his personality, his character, that made a certain section of Watford fans absolutely adore him. My friend Barry was, in fact, named after him, believe it or not. And uh, so, so those are the attributes of a cult hero for me. And those are, those are two of my favourites. So we want you to send us in your, your cult heroes. Who are they? And I think there are several, you know, Colin's talked about a few there. You know, I think maybe, maybe Holabash doesn't make it, Cole, because he was with us for quite a while and did make a lot of appearances. Because sometimes a cult hero has to burn brightly, but briefly. They need to play maybe a key part in a, in a Hornets history, maybe a certain game, or maybe an achievement that we made. They might have just had one good memorable game, one moment, one thing, and that's all you've got for them. Their quirk is really important, either how they played or how they looked, positive or negative. And of course, they need to be, as Colin said, a bit rubbish, but endearing nonetheless. They didn't do anything after Watford. It really feels like this has to be their top. They can't go on and do anything else. Would Matty Vidra make the the cult hero list? Maybe they turned their, their career around and maybe they had a bit of an extracurricular activity, such as booze. Uh, that, that gives them that sort of cult hero quality so get in touch it'll be on a future uh, away day podcast so do get in touch via social medias at Watford podcast uh, on twitter on facebook and on instagram or you want to send us an email podcast at from the if you've got your story if there's a story particularly behind one player where you want them to be in our top 10 or you want to drive them up the top 10 then you've got a favourite cult hero. Send us an email with your reasons about what it is that makes them your cult hero. Podcast at fromtherookerend.com. So it is just approaching lunchtime uh, on the 2nd of January, and I'll catch up with Colin and DCW after the game just to see how it went, if it went, what went, and maybe what went off. (laughs) Oh, please, not anybody else. From the Rookery End, a podcast about life following Watford FC. Colin, our doom and gloom, our worry was no, not needed. <laughs> Watford beat Norwich 1-0. We've got no midfield. We've got no midfield. We're Watford FC. We've got no midfield. <laughs> what was it like there? Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. There was a real sense of, um, after the first 20 minutes, where we looked massively under the cosh, game settled down a bit. And we started to come into it. We got a really good chance about two-thirds of the way through the first half and suddenly a little bit of belief started to creep into the Watford fans and you can see it creeping into the players as well. The wing-backs getting forward a bit more, just a bit more ambition, a bit more courage. And uh, and then, you know, on we went and on we went and on we went. We got our goal and, and then clung on for dear life. But I have to say, Norwich were didn't really threaten us too much so there's there's lots of positives to be taken obviously it's a win it's three points back in the top six it's just sort of halted the the bad run of those two games conceding seven goals and uh yeah it was a, it was a proper Watford performance in some ways DCW's here as well good uh good evening David good evening you you talked on the last podcast Dave you said we needed to arrest the situation and and we certainly seemed to do that didn't we definitely uh, I think as Colin said there the rot has stopped you know albeit maybe only momentarily because those three injuries that we received today as well just take a little bit of a shine off what is an otherwise absolutely brilliant performance and a brilliant result for us we needed it we needed something we needed a performance even if we were to come away today with one point or nothing we needed a a marked improvement in energy levels in effort levels in commitment in belief and we got all of that apart from the first five minutes when it did look like Norwich might have us on the ropes we we grew into the game we looked dangerous on the break and again as Colin said we just grew more and more into the game and and we were well worthy of the three points at the end and it's 
as we as we spoke about after the Swansea game, the table is so mad at the moment, so tight that 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 goal and that three points lifted us from tenth back up to fourth and had the added bonus of knocking Luton out of the top six in the process. <laughs> um, so it's it's a huge huge result for us because it is can it just gives us something to hang on to, instills a bit of belief, just just will give a little bit of confidence back to the players and we've effectively got a week off now. I know obviously we've still got to play the game against Reading in the FA Cup next week. It's a mental week off though, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely. It's how many players can we get fit for the Blackpool game now, really? It's going to be that way. And I think you're right, Colin. What I loved about the game was, you know, heads seemed down and maybe that's me feeling that way and they felt like the heads were going to be down. They lifted up but they stayed up that entire entire game. And you, you're right, they were under the cosh a little bit at near the end, but still they were they were resolute and resilient. And I think that, for me, that's the most important thing that we haven't seen. You know, you saw none of that at all on against against Swansea. They just fell up, fell to pieces. Let's talk about some of those those the you know, players individually. But, but maybe, well, maybe the groups of players those who needed to step up. You know, the young players, Ngaki and Morris, Aspria, you know, they all did grow into that game, didn't they? And I also just want to say at this juncture that I don't think that the injuries we saw necessarily as bad as they might be. Cabaselli was on the pitch at the end. He was walking pretty freely. Didn't look like a man who'd just torn his hamstring. So I think there's some hope there. I thought Keenan Davis, by the time he'd actually walked off the pitch, again, he was walking fairly free. So I suspect some of that was cramp rather than hamstring tears. But uh, who knows? Um, fingers crossed. But yes, what pleased me was that, well, firstly, the team played for Bilic. There's no doubt that there's a spirit at the club. They want to play for him. They want to do what he's set them up to do. So we had a back five uh, and it was a classic back five with three of our most experienced players. Uh, I guess not, perhaps not Serralta, but uh, Cabaselli and Cathcart and Serralta all played very close together within the 18-yard box. Yeah. Never really got pulled out of position. And then on the outside, you had, the, you had two younger players and Gakir on the right and Morris on the left. And to begin with, they were obviously quite cautious, and so they weren't getting forward. But as the game continued, these young, these two young full-backs slash wing-backs really started to bother the Norwich defence, particularly Morris, who put in an absolute beauty of a ball in the second half to be headed back into the mix from the far post. And really, we should have scored from that. But he just started to look like he, he was growing confidence. I thought Ngaki had his best game in a Watford shirt for a, a long time, again, improving as the game went on. And, and they hung together. And I think that that's really what was the thing that really uh, inspired me watching them was that they they didn't, even when it, the injuries came, the substitutions came, we lost Bakuna and, and then Davis went off. We had Bio and Esprit up front. You know, there was still a sense of togetherness like we are not going to collapse. We're not going to just fall to pieces as they obviously did in the last 15 minutes against Swansea. So I think there's, there's loads to be happy about. I thought that back five really worked well. And, and in fact, Norwich really, they didn't have very many clear chances. This is what for fans, obviously, we're terrified every time the ball goes into the box. But if you look at the game, we had all the best chances. The Saar one in the first half, that one I've just mentioned in the second half. And finally, we get the breakthrough. And they didn't really have much of a response. And that's to do with the fact that that back five was very disciplined, headed the ball away. Serrata must have headed the ball out of the box nearly 50 times in the game. But not under too much pressure, you know, he just got, he got into the right position, headed the ball away. Uh, Batman was marshalling the, the troops, uh, very nearly got his head knocked off at one point, but got up and carried on, uh, as you'd expect. And, uh, and yeah, and the two young wing backs, I thought, yeah, Kamara will be watching that and thinking, hmm, 
am I going straight back in this team? I mean, he probably will. But if Morris has a couple more performances like that, I think that, um, you know, he'll be pushing him, which is what we need. And David, really felt like, you know, you, your, your uh, comments on the, on the WhatsApp group as the game grew on, you were scathing of them, let's say, to begin with. But purely showed that these young players need playing time. They need to, to get their legs going. They need to play at this level to be able to, to develop. And maybe I think it's a little bit a step too far, Colin, for Kamar to be worried necessarily. But it's, it's, it's better for me as a Watford fan, Dave, I don't know if you agree, that they seem to, you know, by, at this point at the end of the game, there is another choice there that can do something, not, it's not you know, pull up trees, but something in this league. If you're, I think we made the point the other day that um, when we were watching the Swansea game, the fact that James Morris would have been sitting on the bench at the start of that game, thinking to himself, uh, hello. I am a left back here, <laughs> yeah. and they've they've put you know they've put someone a right a left back in that game who couldn't even play very well in his preferred position of right back the week before. So it's good that we've had faith in him. He's there. If there's availability in the team, he's the specialist in that position. Give him a game, see what you can do, because that is the only way you're going to find out whether they're up to it, and only only way you're going to give them opportunities to improve. I, I to be honest, he he does have the look. You know, Morris has the look to me of someone who will be like a maybe a sort of Lee Hodson type player. You know, someone that is a trier, will give you everything, but has he ultimately got the the quality? needed and the sort of athleticism and all-round game needed to be a championship or higher left back I'm not sure but I did think he grew into the game nicely today a couple of times in the first half when he was in good positions he put in really bad balls really poor deliveries but in the second half when he had those opportunities he put in much better crosses uh, which was encouraging to see and you know on the other side I thought Ngakia was really really good had his best game for ages particularly struggled in the last two games he had a real tough time against against Millwall I mean everyone had a tough time against Swansea but he he was he made a lot of good surging runs forward he looked confident he defended well when he had to that's what he can do he needs to and he needs to find a level of consistency if he's going to play in this team because it looks like we're about to sign a right back from Portugal that deal looks like it's going to be going through in the next sort of 24 hours or so and that's immediately more competition for him so at the moment he's got the he's got the spot in the team but he's going to have more competition from what looks to be a promising young player and I think we should mention the other right back in the team as well but the one that played in central midfield yeah I thought Gaspar did really well like in I don't know if he's ever played there before, but in a position that will be unfamiliar to him, I thought, again, he grew into the game. He gave us everything, gave us plenty of effort, and particularly towards the end, he was throwing himself into challenges. He, You know, for one of the older players in the team and a player that does look like he's he has struggled at times this season when just with the athletic, athletic side of the game, with players running beyond him, he gave us everything in there. And, I, and you know, he was a really valuable part of that performance. Yeah, the young players need to step up. Gaspar and Bakuna also, they needed to, to show up, really. And you're right, I think Gaspar was his best performance in, in, as a Watford player. Bakuna, I didn't notice him as much, Colin, but just did his job that was needed for today? I thought Bakuna did well. They were very disciplined. And I think the two young lads we just talked about obviously play better when they've got three centre-backs with them. Uh, that gives them a bit of extra security and I think that's why they flourish in the second half. In the middle there, Gaspar and Bakuna, you know, they're just, it's, a, it's a kind of made-up midfield. That's why I sang that song. The whole of the Watford fan base was singing that song pretty much throughout the first half because it just, it's like... <laughs> so I knew what the back five were. I knew what the back five were. 
I knew where Davis was. The other four, I, I wasn't so I wasn't so sure. Yes, Kuhn is obviously playing a bit deeper, and they're trying to break up play. And they, they did they did okay. I mean, look, Norwich had very few chances. They slightly lost heart towards the end, even though they were throwing everything at us. It wasn't really that threatening or that skillful or that, or much of a plan. They were just chucking chucking players forward. They threw their centre half up to play as a forward at the end, and you know. But the reason that they got frustrated, Norwich, is because we were so disciplined. That back, what do you want to call it? Back seven you know, really started to get a grip of the game. There were times where the crowd around me were moaning that we were passing it sideways or passing it back to Backman and passing it off out to the wing-backs, saying, come on, get it. But we were actually starting to control the game a little bit in the second half, taking the sting out of Norwich's attacks, just controlling the game, calming down. And then, and then you know, as they got more frustrated, they threw more and more at us. And we had three or four decent breaks, which didn't lead to anything. And eventually, Saar did did the one thing in the game that was memorable and uh, and set up the goal. So, And then, of course, the whole of the Watford fan base went completely mad. I've never, I haven't seen scenes like that for a long time because we were a bit on the edge of our seat. It looked like at any moment maybe Norwich would score because that's kind of what happens at times uh, with this team that we support, that we let a silly goal in and then it's, we got our backs against the walls. But it didn't happen today and I'm really, really pleased for them. I thought... They really fought right to the end, right to the 98th, 99th minute of the game. They really fought for each other. They, they looked like they, they never looked like they were going to give up. Their heads were up as the game went on. I thought, yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was good to see. And that, that Bakuna Gaspar sort of you know, improvised midfield too, they, they were disciplined. They did their jobs. They're all yelling at each other. You can see them shouting at each other, pointing, pick up this player, pick up that player. You go out there. I've got him. You know, there was so much of that going on. I think that comes off the training ground. I think it comes directly from Bilic with his, you know, he must have had a very dispirited squad after the Swansea game. He's picked them up. He said to these young players, look, here's your chance. I don't suppose Morris thought he would be playing or starting games in the championship this season. He would probably have been happy with just the place on the bench, Nicky, I might get on. But now it's like, well, here you go. Show me. Here's a back five. You're there. Do what you can do. You've got experienced players behind you. The same for Ngakia coming back after I don't know how many millions of injuries the poor boys had. And it was just like, you just felt confident that this was a team, that they were a team. There was some balance to the team. We kind of knew, you could see they knew what they were trying to do. And, uh, and that kind of spirit, that kind of togetherness, that fighting, fighting spirit, literally fighting half the time, <laughs> um, physically with the opposition, it, it's encouraging. We're, we're a long, long way from being a team that, is likely to get promoted because we've got so many players out. But, you know, if that's what this team can do, then we will grind out some results and we will also get beat until we get, we get our, you know, our more experienced, better midfielders back in the team. But this was encouraging. They took their chance. They got the win and they'll all be sitting on the coach or in the dressing room feeling just feeling brilliant. Davis and Saar were two players, uh, Colin, I felt needed to, to really... To not show up, they had to lead the line. They had to lead the way. And Davis, until his injury, until he went off, you know, I was watching the Sky Sports and, you know, they said, and I sort of have to agree, he, he was Watford's best player. He was causing problems for, for Norwich. Did it seem that way? Or did, did you notice the frustration he had, you know, seeing his, his body language a bit more in the, in the stadium? He was just excellent, really, from the get-go. They couldn't get the ball off him. He just had that look of a kind of bull charging uh, whenever he got hold of the ball. They were very worried about him. There were a couple of times when he ran from the halfway line with the ball and they, they tracked his run, but they weren't trying to stop him because they were worried that 
he could just knock them off the ball and he'd be in. Uh, and he was, yeah, he was really, he was really our focal point. Uh, everything was going to him. He was looking for the ball back to goal, facing the goal. I thought he, he if they say he was our best player, I would say that that's probably true because he was the, our outlet. He was the he was the person the ball got to when we hit them on the break, or when we were able to control a little bit in midfield and get the ball forward. He was always there, wanting the ball, and it was a really good performance. Again, I hope that he's gone off really with cramp more than a hamstring injury, but I guess we'll find out because I think he's absolutely key with these young players to have him there on the pitch, you know, as a focal point. I agree. I, I think what he did today, which he has struggled to do in the last few matches, was he actually had a bit more of an end product and a bit more of a result to, to his play because he, he's looked our most sort of willing runner in the last two games, especially more against Millwall than against Swansea, really. But he, he, he has, he's, got, he's got this good ability to carry the ball. He gets the ball, gets his head down. He can, he can run past players with his size and with his pace. He doesn't always find a pass at the end of it or doesn't always get a shot away at the end of it. But today he did. He forced some saves from the keeper. He was unlucky with that one from outside the area, which just went past the post. He found Saar. He found Bayo. And he was a real nuisance. And you know Ben Gibson and Handley at the back for Norwich really struggled to deal with him. If we can have that Keenan Davis playing in our team as much as possible then he's one of the best strikers in the division. Neil Warnock was very um, praiseworthy of him at half-time on Sky, saying he tried to sign him when he was Middlesbrough manager a few seasons ago. And, you know, there's a reason why this, why he's looking for his third promotion in a row, Davis. You know, he's a player that's contributed to successful championship teams, but the problem has been with him in his career so far and, and this season is his fitness. And if it's, you know, we wait with bated breath to see, you know, whether, whether this will be just a, a bit of cramp, as Colin said, or whether it's a more long-term injury. Hopefully it's the, uh, it's the former. But yeah, he was excellent today. And I thought he played well and that allowed Saar to come into the game even more as well. You know, we, we know the concerns with Saar. We know the sort of complaints. Do we get enough out of him? But he's showed us today what, what he can do, and that's if he gets, if he gets the chance, if he gets the gets the opportunity to stretch his legs, get into space, get in a good area, he'll deliver a good ball and he'll score or he'll set one up like he did today, and he was the difference. Yeah, I mean, he he kind of he came into more into the game. It felt because of Espria coming on for Davis. Um, there were several occasions where he just pinged a ball on the turn from, you know, midway through Watford's half and just set Saar up and it's a move that, that got the goal in the end. He's a limited player in some ways, but if you get him in his groove, all of a sudden he he is a danger. Did you feel it was better near the end of the game, Saar? Was it because the game stretched, Dave, or was it because all of a sudden Esprit is putting those wide balls out? I think you're right. I think, you know, Esprit played a similar ball to Saar about five minutes before the one that eventually led to the goal. And... I think that's what you need to do sometimes. I think I think Saar maybe has a tendency to want to get it to feet for some reason, but just play the play in behind. Encourage him to run into those spaces. And if the quality on the ball is right, then you, the other players won't be able to catch him. And the weight of the pass from Espria was absolutely perfect. It was just enough for Saar to be able to tempt the defender towards him, nip it ahead of him, and then he had the acres of space to go in behind. And, you know, I think that was really that was really good. And I think Espria that that you know, Espria has played way more football than he would have expected and that Watford would have expected this season. He's had to start games, he's had to come on early in games. But that's what I think we saw today, what probably we was always the plan for him was to come on late in games, be a fresh pair of legs be a bold attacking difference maker who can take advantage 
you know, and of tired players and play balls in behind and get into spaces. He's clearly still so raw, still hasn't scored a goal, but he's getting there. And he, you know, he was instrumental in that in that goal today. Yeah, I mean, he is that thing when he gets in front of goal. He's running, running, running. He just takes a little bit too long and a little, you know, two, two or three extra touches. Um, and if he can, it, it feels like a confidence thing. Um, but hopefully he will get that confidence to be able to, yeah, to, to be able to, to run and get his glory moment, which it seems to me he needs to deserve more and more. The, the one who did get their glory moment in the end was Bio. Uh, I'm told by the younger generation of the of the Mooney household, uh, he's a 69 rated player is uh, is Bio uh, on uh, on FIFA. Colin, Bio, for a lot of that game, he, he wasn't quite firing. He wasn't making good decisions, was he? I've got a bit of a worry about him, really. He doesn't have much physical presence on a pitch. So when he comes on, I don't think he really, he's got, he's got some good technique, but his first touch really let him down. He was in some really good positions, got himself into good positions to receive a ball in a dangerous area to turn and attack the goal. And then, you know, he took a, he took a touch and then the defender just recovered and he was just standing there with his arms down by his side. I think, I think he lacks confidence. It's probably that more than anything. He hasn't had many minutes, but he, what he doesn't come on, he doesn't run on the pitch and think, oh, hello, someone's come on now. He's going to, he's going to cause some trouble for these defenders. He just looks a little bit lightweight, but maybe his maybe his game just doesn't quite suit the championship, or or maybe it's just a confidence thing, or he hasn't had enough nits, or he's who knows what it is. But he didn't inspire me. But of course, in the end, there he was to pop it in. So, you know, it's hard to criticise him because he was in the right position. He was in the right position a lot of the time. But there were moments when you just wanted him to be a bit more physical, a bit more direct, to take players on and just attack the goal. And he was always looking for a pass when sometimes he didn't need to. There's a player there. I just don't think we've quite seen the best of him yet. To be honest, Bayo is he's a limited player. And I think that's that's what we've seen from from the minutes that he's given us season. If you give him four off chances throughout a game, he might just take one. And I think apart from that nice at Rotherham, they've all tap-ins, his goals. And he sort of tries hard, runs around a lot, but he, as Colin said, he's not he's physically imposing. He's not a very refined player. His first touch was badly today. He is he is limited. He's not the best striker, but he's our third-choice striker. If he manages to contribute five, six, seven goals across the season, and I suppose that's kind of job for him. But the reason that he's playing at the moment is because he has to play. He wouldn't be in our team if, if everyone was fit. So we look ahead to uh, uh, an FA Cup game. I, I jokingly said on Arta Swansea, DCW, under-21, stick them on. And <laughs> it really feels that way with three more injuries, which Kalou, by the way, is probably the worst injury we've had so far because of it's a stupid back heel that he got the injury from. We need to rest these players. We need to make sure that they're ready for the important stuff, even more so than we win the Premier League. What do you think, Dave? Problem is, you still got to put out not just an eleven. You've got to put out a whole match day squad, and you can't completely put out the the entire sort of twenty ones, under twenty threes, or whatever. You you might even get fined from if you went too far. When we don't have people in the squad to be able to change within that first team group, it is a bit of a tricky one. Slava's got to just kind of put the best worst 11 possible if that makes sense <laughs> yeah it's scary but it does make sense Colin what what do you want from next week do you want anything just like no more injuries uh, I was laughing with the bloke standing next to me saying I expect this will be captain next Saturday uh, with a lot of players we've never heard of or players we've only seen in youth cups I, I, mean, maybe, I mean maybe Cathcart will play I can see there being eight or nine because we've just got to protect our players and get them well and fit and uh, I don't think they're going to risk them in an FA Cup game it's hard to say it's sad to say I love the FA Cup like we do but so much not a priority right now with the number of we've got and the number of players out 
uh, and the number of games up. I expect Reading to do the same, so it'll, it'll be an interesting one. I'm going to go. got my tickets. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I love, I love the third round of the Cup, but I'm not expecting anything huge. be a good opportunity to give Kone and Martin first minutes or starts in a relative pressure game. You know, you can't be too petrified of injuries. These big, these people have got to come into the team and experience English football, get to know their teammates. So I, I would play those two if they are if they are available. And then, yeah, you know, keep Morris in the team. Blake's been on the bench the last couple of games. He's been spoken of highly by pe- people who sort of know him. Maybe give him a go and just tell the lads not to, not to worry too much. And whatever, whatever you do, don't draw the game. <laughs> Win it or lose it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Colin. Thank you. Good Safe evening. journey. Thank you. Uh, and thank you very much, Dave. Cheers, guys. Uh, we're back with another from the Rooker end, uh, of course, after uh, that Reading game. And maybe, hey, hey, maybe the magic of the FA Cup will bring wonders of, of fitness and no injuries and a, an early goal and just another game we need to keep getting through until somebody, one, maybe can get fit again. Uh, so thank you very much for listening uh, and come on you all!